0: Chapter 15 of the Santa Claus Storybook. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Santa Claus Storybook by Unknown The Enchanted Fawn There were once a brother and sister who loved each other very dearly. Their mother was dead and their father had married again a woman who was most unkind and cruel to them. One day the boy took his sister by the hand and said, "'We have not had a happy hour since our mother died. Our stepmother makes us work at the hardest tasks from morning till night, and beats us every day. Our only food is the hard bread-crusts that are left over. The dog under the table fares better than we do. She throws him many a good bite. "'Heaven, help us! Oh, if our mother only knew what we suffer! Come, let us leave here and go out into the wide world!' All day they wandered over fields and meadows and stony roads. They were very sad, and once, when it rained, the little sister said, "'God and our hearts are weeping together.' By evening they came to a large forest— Tired out with hunger, sorrow, and the long journey, they crept into a hollow tree and fell asleep. The next morning, when they awoke, the sun was high in the heavens and shone warm and bright into the tree. "'I am so thirsty,' said the little boy to his sister. "'If I only knew where there was a brook, I would go and get a drink. Hark! I think I hear water running.' They climbed out of the tree and, taking hold of each other's hands, went to find the brook. Now the wicked stepmother was a witch, and had seen the children go away, and knew where they were. She had sneaked after them, as is the habit of witches, and had bewitched all the water in the forest. Soon the children found the little brook, that sparkled and rippled over the stones. But just as the boy was stooping to drink, the sister heard, as if the brook murmured, "'Drink not of me, drink not of me, or to a tiger changed you'll be.' So she begged of him not to drink the water, or he would become a wild beast and tear her to pieces. Thirsty as he was, the boy did as she wished, and said he would wait until they came to the next spring. Soon they came to another brook, and the maiden heard the water's whisper, "'Drink not of me, drink not of me, or to a black wolf changed you'll be.' and a second time the sister begged her brother not to drink the water, or he would be changed into a black wolf and devour her. Again the brother did as she wished, but he said, I will wait until we come to the next brook, then I must drink, say what you will, or I shall die of thirst. But when they came to the third brook, the sister heard the cool waters murmuring, Drink not of me, drink not of me, or to a young deer changed you'll be and she cried, "'Dear brother, do not drink here, or you will be turned into a fawn and run away from me.' But her brother had already knelt by the stream to drink, and as soon as the first drop passed his lips he became a fawn. The little sister wept bitterly over her poor, bewitched brother, and the little fawn also wept and kept close to her side. At last the maiden said, "'Do not cry any more, dear little fawn.' I will never leave you, and she untied her golden garter and fastened it around his neck. Then, braiding some rushes into a soft string, she tied it to the collar and led him away into the deep forest. After they had travelled a long, long distance, they came to a little cottage. The maiden looked in, and seeing it was empty, thought, We can stay here and live. She gathered leaves and moss and made a soft bed for the fawn. Every morning she went out into the forest to gather roots and berries and nuts for her own food, and tender grass for the fawn, who would eat out of her hand and play happily around her. When night came and the little sister was tired, she would say her prayers, lay her head on the fawn's back for a pillow, and sleep peacefully until morning. Their life in the woods would have been a very happy one if the brother could only have had his proper form." the maiden had lived a long time in the forest with the fawn for her only companion when it happened that the king of the country held a great hunt the loud blasts of the c- of the horn the baying of the hounds the lusty cries of the huntsmen sounded on every side the young deer heard them and was eager for the chase please let me join the hunt he said to his sister i cannot restrain myself any longer and he begged so piteously that at last she consented at evening you must come back again she said but i shall have my door locked against those wild hunters and that i may know you when you knock say sister let me in if you do not say this i shall not open the door she opened the door and the deer bounded away glad and joyful to breathe the fresh air and be free the king and his huntsmen saw the beautiful animal and started in chase of him, but they could not catch him, and when they thought they had him safe, he sprang over the bushes and disappeared. As soon as it became dark, he ran to the little cottage, knocked at the door, and cried, Sister, let me in. The door was quickly opened. He went in and rested all night on his soft bed. The next morning the chase was continued, and when the deer heard the sound of the horn, and the ho ho of the huntsman he could no longer rest and said let me out sister i must go his sister opened the door saying to him you must return at evening and don't forget what i told you to say as soon as the king and his huntsmen caught sight of the young deer with the golden collar they all gave chase but he was too quick and nimble for them all day long they followed him towards evening the huntsmen surrounded him and one of them wounded him a little in the foot, so that he limped and had to run more slowly. One huntsman followed him to the cottage, and heard him cry, "'Sister, let me in!' Then he saw the door open and quickly close again. The huntsman was astonished, and went and told the king all he had seen and heard. "'Tomorrow,' said the king, "'we will once more give him chase.' But the maiden was very much frightened when she saw that the deer was wounded, She washed the blood from his foot, and bound healing herbs on it, and said, "'Go and lie down upon your bed now, dear fawn, that you may become strong and well again.' But the wound was so slight that the next morning he felt nothing of it. And when he heard the sound of the hunt again outside, he said, "'I cannot stay here. I must join them. They shall not catch me so easily again.' No, no, said his sister, weeping. You must not go. They will kill you, and I shall be left alone here in the forest, deserted by all the world. If I do not go, I shall die of longing, he said. When I hear the hunting horn, I feel that I must bound away. With a heavy heart his sister opened the door, and the young deer went leaping joyfully through the woods. When the king saw him, he said to his huntsmen, Do not lose sight of him all day, but see that no one does him any harm. When evening came, the king said to his men, Come now, and show me where the cottage stands. They did so, and the king, going to the door, knocked and cried, Sister, let me in. The door opened, the king entered, and he saw standing before him a maiden more beautiful than any he had ever seen before. But how great was her astonishment on opening the door to see, instead of the deer, a man enter, wearing a golden crown on his head. But the king looked at her kindly, and extending his hand, said, "'Will you go with me to my castle, and be my dear wife?' "'Oh, yes,' replied the maiden, "'I am willing to go, but the deer must go also. I can never leave him.' "'He shall remain with you as long as you live, and shall never want for anything,' said the king." at this moment the deer came bounding in his sister again fastened the string of rushes to his collar and leading him by her own hand they went out from the lonely cottage in the woods for the last time the king placed the maiden upon his horse and rode with her to the castle where the marriage was celebrated with great splendor and she became queen and they lived together happily for a long time while the deer played in the castle garden and received every care and attention. In the meantime, the wicked stepmother, on whose account the children had been driven into the world, had no thought but that the little sister had been torn to pieces by wild animals, and that the boy, whom she had turned into a fawn, had been shot by the hunters. When she heard, therefore, of their good fortune, and how happy they were, she was filled with envy and gave herself no rest until she had thought of a way to destroy their happiness. One day her own daughter, who was as ugly as night, and had only one eye, said to her, "'Oh, if I had only been born a queen!' "'Be quiet now,' said the old woman. "'When the time comes I shall be on hand, and you shall yet be a queen.' The time came when a little son was born to the queen, and the king was away to the hunt. THE OLD WOMAN, TAKING THE FORM OF A NURSE, ENTERED THE ROOM OF THE QUEEN, AND SAID, COME, YOUR BATH IS READY, LET US BE QUICK BEFORE IT GETS COLD. HER DAUGHTER, WHO WAS ALSO THERE, CARRIED THE QUEEN INTO THE BATHROOM, WHERE THEY HAD MADE A SUFFOCATING FIRE, AND LEAVING HER THERE TO DIE, CLOSED THE DOOR UPON HER AND WENT AWAY. THIS DONE, THE OLD WOMAN TIED A CAP ON HER OWN DAUGHTER'S HEAD, AND HAD HER LIE DOWN IN THE QUEEN'S PLACE. She gave her the form and appearance of the queen as nearly as she could, but the lost eye she could not restore, so she had her lie on the side where there was no eye. In the evening, when the king came home and heard that he had a son, he was greatly rejoiced and went at once to see the queen. But as he drew the curtain, the old woman cried, "'For your life do not draw that curtain, the queen cannot bear the light.' so he went away without knowing that a false queen had taken her place. At midnight, when everyone was asleep, as the child's nurse sat alone by the cradle, she saw the door open and the true queen enter. She took the child in her arms, nursed it, and then, laying it in its cradle again, covered it carefully and went out. She did not forget the deer, but went to the corner where he lay, and gently stroked his back and then silently disappeared." IN THE MORNING THE CHILD'S NURSE ASKED THE GUARD IF HE HAD SEEN ANYONE LEAVE THE CASTLE, BUT HE SAID NO, HE HAD SEEN NO ONE. THE QUEEN CAME MANY NIGHTS IN THIS MANNER, WITHOUT SPEAKING TO ANYONE. THE NURSE SAW HER, BUT SAID NOTHING TO ANYONE ABOUT IT. AFTER SOME TIME HAD PASSED, THE QUEEN ONE NIGHT BEGAN TO SPEAK, AND SAID, HOW fares MY CHILD, HOW fares THE deer? TWICE MORE SHALL I COME, AND THEN DISAPPEAR. THE NURSE MADE NO ANSWER, BUT WHEN THE QUEEN HAD GONE, SHE WENT TO THE KING AND TOLD HIM EVERYTHING. ALAS, SAID THE KING, WHAT DOES THIS MEAN? TOMORROW NIGHT I WILL WATCH BY THE CHILD. THE NEXT EVENING HE WENT INTO THE NURSERY, AND AT MIDNIGHT THE QUEEN CAME IN AND SAID, HOW fares MY CHILD, HOW fares THE DEAR, ONCE MORE SHALL I COME, AND THEN DISAPPEAR. SHE TOOK THE CHILD IN HER ARMS AS USUAL, AND THEN WENT OUT. The king would not trust himself to speak, but he watched the following night, and this time she said, How fares my child? How fares the deer? This time do I come, and then disappear. But the king could hold back no longer, and sprang towards her, saying, You can be no other than my dear wife. Yes, I am your dear wife, she replied, and at that moment she was restored to life, as well and beautiful as ever. Then she told the king how he had been deceived by the wicked witch and her daughter. He had them brought to judgment, and they were condemned to death. The daughter was driven to the forest, where she was torn to pieces by a wild beast, and the old witch was led to the fire and miserably burnt. No sooner was she burnt to ashes than the young deer was restored to his human form, and the brother and sister spent the rest of their days happily together. End of chapter 15